You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, episode 29 with Theon Spurlock. You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. What is up, Trailblazers? Thank you so very much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you're enjoying the Summer Olympic Games. I've been just so over the moon excited with the success of our Black athletes, especially. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm pleased and delighted to have two of the best countries in the world to root for during the, the, the Olympic Games, the US and Jamaica. This week, we saw our woman dominate, right? From Simone Manuel in, in, the, in swimming events. She came home with four medals in her first Olympic Games. She's the first black woman to secure an individual medal in swimming. Uh, I saw, you know, us dominate Michelle Carter winning uh, a gold in shot put. Simone Biles already securing several gold medals with uh, a few more events still to come. Uh, on the Jamaican side, we saw Elaine Thompson and Shelly Ann Frazier-Price continue to dominate the track on women's 100 meter. And it's just rare for me to really speak about live events on a podcast because our content's evergreen and someone might be listening a year from now and saying, you know, who cares? But this is black history in the making. And this is applicable at any point in time you listen to this podcast. It's exciting to me. And I'm just so ready to bring some of these athletes onto the podcast in the weeks and months ahead. So if you've got ties to any of these uh, medal winners, please connect us. I'd love to bring them on the show. So on today's episode, we're talking with Theon Spurlock. Theon is in the marketing world. He's a communications manager for multicultural marketing at Prudential Financial. He's the founder of Luxurious Prototype, which is an online men's lifestyle magazine. He's also a founder and is about to launch Brooklyn League. By the time you guys hear this episode, Brooklyn League would have been launched. It's a men's apparel, accessories, and home goods platform. And, you know, so when you finish listening to this episode, please jump off. Check out Brooklyn League, show Fion some love and support. He, he's, his professional background, as I mentioned, is in marketing, and he's worked with several brands, including Major League Baseball, the New York State Senate, USA Network, and McDonald's, just to name a few. Uh, he's He serves in a ton of organizations and gives back uh, as a philanthropist. He's a, a junior board member at the Eagle Academy Foundation. He's a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity, uh, a member of Carnegie Hall. He gives back in, in terms of community service to hashtag lunchbag, impulse group, NYC, Eagle Academy, as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, the American Museum of Natural History, Order of Malta, um, Black Lives Matter Movement, Evidence Dance Company, the Guggenheim Museum. This guy just gives back a ton, man. And, you know, he's a, a Brooklyn, New York resident, but uh, a Baton Rouge, Louisiana native. And without further delay, Trailblazers, here is the one and the only Fionn Spurlock. Fionn. Thank you for being our guest on today's episode, brother. Thank you for having me. Fian and I actually met in New York City a couple of weeks ago, uh, attending the Black Enterprise B Modern Man Tour. And he was actually on their panel for a talk that they had. And I was just inspired by some of his responses there. And we got talking after and I said, you know, I really needed to have him on the podcast. And so I'm really excited that we have a chance to, to kind of wrap tonight and talk with you a bit and have you share your story. So, you know, I, as following your story, I mean, you have, you have so much happening, right? You, you grew up in, did you actually grow up in Louisiana? 
I did. I grew up in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So what was your dream as a kid? I know it was not business, <laughs> given what you, oh, you focused on <laughs> in college. <laughs> it was it was it was so much. So um, I guess in going to Vert's like uh, high school and college years, it was definitely I wanted to be a pharmacist. Um, ah. And so all the way in high school, all the way through college, I mean, I actually went to um, pre-pharmacy in my university, then also transferred into like pharmacy at, at uh, Texas Southern, but it was just like the beginning of it and I did not like it at all. Um, so I left and I went back to my school and I finished with a biology degree because I was already basically two years into a biology into degree. It. So uh, totally different from what I'm doing now. Uh, but I mean, I, there was definitely things I gained from that experience. Um, and one thing I, I mean, I tell everyone, you can always pull something from um, your, your past. And what I pull from biology is research. It helps me become a better marketer because that's one of the things you're going to do as a marketer is research. So absolutely. biology, that is, you know, that's what you do all day, every day. So it definitely helped right. me out with that. That's interesting. So walk us through this transition, right, from living like a lion at Southeastern <laughs> Louisiana as you're studying biology. And yeah. then I kind of heard something about transition to Texas. But, you know, I, I know that, you know, you, you are now placed in, in New York, right? That's yeah. where you're living today. Yeah. So you're in New York, you're a marketer for Prudential, and I you've am. created two companies yeah. that are involved in the men's fashion industry. Walk yeah. us through this transition. What what took place in that time frame? Um, so while in college, um, I, I just had the opportunity to, because I was working with a lot of different uh, student organizations on campus, and one was our student government association, where mm -hmm. I was the director of our programs and events. And so I was basically responsible for all of our homecoming events and parades and all of the, the large events for the university. Well, someone got wind of it at Island Def Jam Music Group, and they reached out to me and asked would I be interested in an internship, a college promotion internship. Um, I applied, and I got it. So that kind of spearheaded everything from there. That, I mean, from that opportunity, I had a chance to meet um, Rick Ross and Jay-Z, um, Cassette Michelle, a few like different artists, and I had to basically work on creating smaller concerts for them and also promotional wow. uh, opportunities for them in the Southwest region. So working with some of the universities in Louisiana and Texas and, and Mississippi. So that really kind of spirited it all. And I had a friend, Natasha, she basically was like, you have such an interesting and, and, and awesome life. You get to, you know, meet all these celebrities and hang out. Why don't you write about it? So I was like, oh, I'm not really into, you know, that right now because blogging was kind of just kicking off then. And that was, I believe, in like 2005, I believe it was. And it was yep. just kind of, you know, kind of getting up there. So she's like, you should have a blog. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I have the time for it. So she essentially created my blog. Really? Put the name wow. together. She like started me off. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to do it now. And then she just created <laughs> it. So I was just writing about my life and the things I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis, um, the celebrities I was meeting, and also what they were wearing. So through that, I also had an opportunity to go come to New York, where, you know, Island Def Jam is based. So I had an uh, uh, internship with Island Def Jam. I came here to New York, where I am now, and also had a theater internship. So I had two internships, internships at the same time in New York City. So that just exposed me to so much more, you know, like fashion wow. world and fashion um at the fashion industry. So from there, I just got a, 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 just gained a real love and appreciation for that industry. Uh, and still during this time, you know, I was still, 
I, I knew kind of wanted to go into the marketing marketing space, especially with that internship at Allen Dev Jam. So I transitioned the the blog over into um, more of a men's lifestyle magazine, where I focused mostly during that time mostly on fashion. And I would have interviews with designers. I would go to Fashion Week. Um, I would do trend reporting, trend spotting, things of that nature. And it just kind of blew up, really. I mean, I. I yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know much about it. I, like as far as the the blogging world, I just did what I thought was was good for me, <laughs> and it right. ended up just being kind of like a a, a big thing. And um, from there, I, I kept working with it, kept doing that, and I guess from that love of of writing about fashion so much and writing about lifestyle and travel and arts and culture and society events things of that nature, I just wanted to kind of go in the space of like, well, I love. You know, clothes. I love style. I think I could probably come up with some things that I would like, and and I'll see if people will like it as well. And um, and it and it happened. And then that's that's where Brooklyn comes comes into play. I've always mm. kind of tampered and tinkered around with doing kind of like menswear apparel, even when I was in college. But I just never thought I had the funds to do it. Um, so I just kind of like ah, oh, maybe in the future I'll, I'll work on it. And I'll I'll check it out. But now uh, after just. So I'm just like, grilling myself and just saying, like, I should just jump out there and just do it and make it work. And if I if it fail, it fail. Who's I can say that I tried? And that's what I'm doing right now. Brooklyn League is definitely my baby now. It's men's apparel, right. sexes, and home goods. So it's it's a very exciting time for me right now. Exciting. So, I mean, you have so much experience kind of working with different sides of the corporate world in Island Def Jam. And I mean, you've worked with several companies, right? Now, yes. today you're with, with Prudential. Yes. What have been some of the biggest lessons you've learned about yourself while working in, in these different corporate marketing gigs that actually carried over and are helping you to create and grow, you know, the magazine and then now with Brooklyn League? I would say it's definitely discipline because I mean, for me coming in from, you know, Baton Rouge and coming to like the big city of New York, you know, and uh, right. kind of and just adapting to the, the lifestyle that is, you know, of a, of a New Yorker. So it's just discipline because there's so much to do here in New York where you can kind of get into certain anything that you want pretty much. So I think just having working in a space or a corporate space where, you know, you have to be here at a certain time, you have to, you know, be present this and that kind of helped out um, as far as discipline on my end. But what I really think I learned the most from is when I worked in nonprofit, I worked in nonprofit for five and a half years. It was a great experience only because I mean, were you doing marketing? I was doing marketing. I was I was leading the marketing initiative for a nonprofit in New York City. And the great thing is that I, I met some of my, my best friends while working that job. But aside from that, working in a nonprofit space, you have to be able to do pretty much any and everything. So you become You're a master narrow. of yeah. Right. So you become a master of everything because you, you have to. There's no choice. I mean you have two string budgets. Staff is like is short, so you have to, you know, jump in where you have to. So I think as far as being an entrepreneur now, I think working in a nonprofit space definitely helped me out because I pretty much can run my business, any aspect of my business. And I definitely Man. took those necessary steps to learn every aspect of business. So in case I a photographer, you know, ends up bailing out on me last minute. Well, I know photography. <laughs> so I can jump right in and, and do the photo shoot. You know, things like that. Right. I feel like it's key when you're when you're starting a company, just knowing every aspect of it. Maybe not being a, a master at every aspect of it, but at least knowing what to do. And I feel like I learned that while working um, in nonprofit, honestly. Right. So let's let's talk about the entrepreneur in you, right? What what's it like 
to have an entrepreneurial idea that you know that hits you right and it and it goes from you know days to weeks to months sometimes years and you go through the perseverance and and you you touched on you know the discipline right to 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 kind of take this idea to developing a plan and doing research that you 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 have have um brought in from your your biology experience right and then you you put these into tasks and you work really hard and with a little bit of luck you know this vision is realized and you have you have this magazine and then now you have Brooklyn League about to come to life mm-hmm. what's that experience like for you so i I'll contact a little bit it I, I have so many ideas all the time about businesses and new ideas that I'm gonna I'm gonna start. And there are a lot of times where I would shy away from an idea and for no reason. It's just that I think that I don't have a time. Which I mean, some, I mean, I don't have a lot. Like I, with so much I'm doing right now, I don't have a lot of time. But you can be your worst enemy uh, in, in situations like that. Because you can definitely talk yourself out of an amazing um, idea and that can flourish into an amazing company. Uh, so I will say this before I even jump into that to like anyone who may be listening, you know, be listening to this, is that go for any idea that you have, go for it. Just check it out. Just see, do research on it, and then actually go there. Um, and, and actually try to make it work. So for me now, uh, going from the, the process of learning an industry on the, the retail side of it and, and where I'm now with Brooklyn League, it's been exciting, honestly. Um, I love learning new things. I love, I love like taking a risk. And so this is a huge risk for me. Um, I have no formal training in design. However, I have a lot of experience within that industry. So Actually, my, my thing, biggest thing is I was working with a lot of uh, my friends and who work in the industry who are designers as well. So picking up mm-hmm. anything that I can from them, just like picking their brains on how does it work and different fabrics and what works well together and colors and things like that. So I think the whole part up until where I am now, I'm, I'm about to launch Brilliantly, it's been exciting, but it's also been a bit um, nerve-wracking. And I, and I must say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous and not nervous because I don't think I have a great product. I think I have an amazing product. <laughs> I think my products are great. And, you know, I think every entrepreneur should you know, get, get to that point where they feel like, ah, this is exactly what I want. I'm just right. nervous at the fact that when I hit that button, I launch the site. <laughs> it's just like, what's next? You know, it's like, now I'm waiting. Now I'm waiting for my first sale. So that's the point. It's a little bit of nerve wracking. I'm just I'm ready to get to that point of like ah, I have my first official sale from the website. Um, but it it took a lot of uh, a lot of patience, um, a lot of I mean just specifically for the fashion world I'm doing now. It took me a lot of different sampling samples. So I had to sample, uh, get things produced several different times just to get exactly what I want, which costs a lot of money and that's also a lot of time. Um, but again, I mean, this is something that's fun. It's it's new. It's it's exciting. It's not my day to day life, I, I say. But so, the whole process thus far has been pretty pretty exciting for me. Um, and I think the biggest part is just the learning. You know, the learning curve, but also just get, getting like getting to the point to where I know exactly what I'm saying about the industry. Because as far as the retail side and and the design side, so that's right. that's pretty exciting for me. 
So why did you actually create Brooklyn League, though? You know, like you're a marketing research guy. Mm-hmm. What was the big opportunity that you saw that most other fashion entrepreneurs were missing out on that sparked the thought that, you know what, there is a void that I can fill with Brooklyn League? What was it? So for me, I love Brooklyn. I, I've been in Brooklyn for uh, 10 years now, that's including my internship, but 10 years now. Right. Um, love, love the borough, love the people, love the culture, and I want to share that with people. I think what I'm, what I'm mm-hmm. trying to do that's a little bit different from other brands that are maybe based in Brooklyn is I have a philanthropic uh, component to it. So everyone who uses the name Brooklyn in their for their business, obviously it's, it's going to do kind of well. I mean, or, or at least it's going to get some recognition somewhere because Brooklyn is known worldwide, mm-hmm. right? So using mm-hmm. that automatically gets you some type of clout. So my thing is I want to take that clout, the name of Brooklyn, but I also want to give back to Brooklyn. So I think mm-hmm. that kind of sets me apart. Um, what I'm doing is I'm working with nonprofit organizations that are, that are based in Brooklyn to give back to start um, different art programs within high schools. Um, wow. I'm very interested in working with nonprofits, um, and I'm actually working with one right now, I'm in the process of working with one right now, to provide um, clothing for men who are, who are low income, who can't afford suits or ties for interviews. I feel like that's a big thing. I really want to kind of like close that gap there because that I've seen it so many times when I was working in nonprofit, there are so many men who have the skills, have everything else, but yet they can't afford to buy a suit for an interview wow. or they can't afford to get, do certain things or they don't have like the, the, the interviewing skills, right? So that's a big thing that I want, I want to really focus on. And mostly, and, and ideally, I'm focusing with men of color. Um, mm-hmm. So I really want to help out uh, in that aspect, tying in the, the fashion side, the fashion world, but also tying into something that's giving back. Um, and as far as the art programs, many of the schools in New York City, um, they don't have art programs. Um, so what I want to do is, is fundraise, um, also offer my time and my knowledge, the things that I've learned thus far, and also my friends' knowledge to help start art programs um, in, in New York City. So it would be basically be um, and maybe an after-school program or a summer program, but I really feel arts is, is, is something that I think is missing, and I see that void, and I want to get back to it. So essentially, I'm using the name of Brooklyn worldwide to bring more attention to Brooklyn, also to bring money into these uh, disenfranchised neighborhoods, some of the neighborhoods that are in Brooklyn. So that is one thing that kind of sets me, that sets me apart from different organizations who may use the name Brooklyn in their title, uh, obviously to get customers. That's fascinating, man. I love it. Thank I love you. it. I think this is a, this is an awesome model kind of taking shape. I'm excited to kind of see how, how this all unfolds. Thank you. And, and, um, and another thing is with that is most e-commerce sites, they don't do that. Even though I'm e-commerce, right. I'm very much, I want to be on the brand to be very much on the ground. You know, I want to have, even though I have a physical location, I want people to know it's Brooklyn based, uh, Brooklyn based. Uh, we are in the community. We are at the events and we're, we're at the, uh, talking to the nonprofits that are based here. We're talking to the schools that are here. So we want to, I want to make sure that I don't lose that offline uh, opportunity. Right. So, so Brooklyn League is actually going to be a brick and mortar. It's not. It's only. It's online. But I, I mean, I think okay. my my offline presence is going to be the right. fact that we're going to be so tapped into the community, and right, we're going right, to be right, we're right. going to be very present at at things that are improving right. the different communities. 
Right. T- tell me about a time that maybe you had a major fear that kind of held you back from experiencing and allowing you to realize one of these visions that you, you had. Hmm. Let's see. Cause there's so many. <laughs> there's so right? many times I, I held myself back on, on, on ideas. Uh, and I'll just kind of talk broadly on it. Um, I think for me, it, it was the fear of, um, obviously, just failure. Even though I think I had this, this idea, my thing was, oh, well, I don't have the knowledge base. Like, I don't know the ins and outs of this, of this certain industry right now, so I don't know if I should even tap into it. For example, I had an app idea. And I had, I had like, I, I wrote out the plan. I wrote out exactly what I wanted to do, how it would work, you know, the whole thing. Being a marketer, you, you become very well-versed in writing, like, decks and yeah. proposals and all these things. Yeah. So I had, like, my business plan had everything already wrote um, out. However, something stopped me. And that something was I never worked in the tech space. I don't know how to even approach it. I don't know how to do this. And that actually held me back from even launching or even pursuing. So right now, uh, to this day, I mean, I still have the information, but it's just, it's just sitting around. And it's just okay. and it's collecting dust because I, I think that I don't have any experience in it. Um, which, now looking at it now, I mean, now I don't have the time to do that, to start that. But now I'm looking at it now, I'm just like, well, I just started a fashion brand a, 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 for men, a menswear <laughs> brand, and I never worked in that space besides journalism. So right. I, had to, you know, I had to teach myself. So I think for me, it was definitely um, getting older and becoming a little bit more wiser and just talking to my friends who are older than me and, and hearing their stories of when they missed opportunities and, right. and t- telling me you should just go for it and you should just do it. So now I'm telling every, all the young men that I, I mentor – just go for it. Just do it. Just check it out. Just try it out. You know, so that that's, I mean, I think fear is a natural thing and it's always right. going to occur. It's just figuring out how you can curb it. Like, so I think that's the biggest thing. It's like learning for yourself because everyone has a different method of doing that. But I think learning yourself and learning how you can stop that from manifesting because it definitely will ruin great ideas that become great business. Do you think that the, the, the passion for the idea is what eventually trumps fear. So like, you know, your, your passion for wanting to realize uh, the idea for Brooklyn League was stronger than your fear about the things you didn't know to put that business in place. I think that's a good point of it. Um, I know for me, whatever I do, whatever it's either company I work for or a brand that I, I start, it has to have some philanthropic component to it. And I think some of the, the ideas that I had previous did not have a way so I can tie it together um, in, in a good way. And I think that kind of stopped me. Um, even to this day, working for even I worked for Prudential Financial, and I absolutely love the company um, because before I even applied, I knew the history. I knew the 140 mm-hmm. year history, and I knew how much they give back to various communities. You know, you name wow. it, any community, they give back LGBT, they give back to Hispanic, they're like Asian American, African American, you name it. And and since the beginning, since 140 years ago, so I think that was the big A part thing. of the culture. Yeah, yeah, part of the culture. I mean, I think sometimes we think of these ideas and we think, oh, this is like. I'm going to make a lot of money <laughs> and which some, you know, which is like good things. It's like, okay, you know, I want to make money because I mean, don't start, you know, my sort of business is not making money. But I think 
when I was thinking about these certain ideas that didn't go off the get off the ground, it it was mainly because of that. It was it was driven by the fact of money and not necessarily like what am I, like what is this product or what or this this app or whatever it is, what is it gonna do to help people? Right. You know, it doesn't have to be directly like, oh, this is a nonprofit, but how I'm gonna use what this product is to kind of have a roundabout way of helping out others. Right. Right. And I think that is, to go back to what you said, kind of like helped me um, with Brooklyn League and why I was so much more into doing that, um, yeah. doing Brooklyn League. And that's it, right? So, I mean, yeah. like, I, I, I'm looking at your story. I mean, giving back and volunteering and, and just giving of yourself is woven into to who you are yeah. in, in so many ways. And I just feel like, you know you figuring that model out and how to to weave that piece that philanthropic piece into Brooklyn League is what probably propelled you through the the, the fair right uh, yeah how do you you know dude i mean you're like you're working for prudential you have uh online magazine you have Brooklyn League you have all these volunteer activities that we haven't even started talking about <laughs> How do you impose life balance, eating right, exercise, other important elements of a healthy life when when you're you know you you probably put in another six to eight hours a day trying to manage everything else beyond your nine to five? Well, so I think as far as like balancing my time and things like that, I think it's it's balancing in general. So the thing is, there's so many there's so many hours in a day that we don't utilize. And I tap right. into those hours. So I wake up very early. Uh, well, I mean, to me, it's very early. And that's 5.30 a.m. That's pretty early for me. <laughs> so right. I wake up, at, and I'm a bit work until 9. So I wake up at 5.30, get ready. I go to the gym, come back. I, you know, I have breakfast. I start doing some work on Brooklyn League and luxurious prototypes. And then I get ready. Then I transition over getting ready from work. The great thing about, for me right now, is I work remotely. Um, cool. a lot of the time because uh, my job is not based in the city that I live in. So it right. was an opportunity to work all the way up until 9 a.m. You have like commute hours, right? Right, right. So I have those, I'm going to have commute hours. So I work on Brooklyn League and Jurors prototype all the way up until 9 o'clock. Then I switch over to and I start working for Prudential until 5 o'clock or whenever I'm done with that. And I start right back on Brooklyn League and Jurors uh, prototype. And also I utilize uh, a lot of my weekend time. Most people... And this is what I tell any entrepreneur, you're going to work weekends. You have to work weekends, honestly. Like you, you can't take off if you're starting a company. Like You just can't because they, those are the times that you need to really focus on your company, especially if you're working for another company as well while building your, your own brand. Um, so I do that. Um, I schedule everything. Um, I schedule all of my lunches my dinner, right? with my yeah. friends. If we're going out for drinks, if I'm doing, I'm going to do laundry. Everything is on a schedule, and, I, and my, my friends make fun of me because I, I always ask them to send me a calendar invite. It's like, oh, let's. <laughs> <laughs> all the time, my friends say, oh, let me catch up and let's grab some drinks, and just like, great, send me a calendar invite because if it's not on the calendar, it, it kind of doesn't exist. <laughs> so I will forget about it. Yeah, that's so um, that's another thing I do. And, I, I mean, there are certain tools out there that really help me out. Uh, like I use Trello a lot. It's an app that's good for scheduling and also just, like, keeping uh, time management and also uh, your tasks. So mm -hmm. I use several different apps. Um, 
and I use those those mornings, and sometimes I use those late nights. I mean, sometimes it, it may equate to where I'm not sleeping as many hours as I should. And I mean, I definitely believe in getting adequate sleep, but sometimes when you're building a, a business, you may you may have sleep with nights, you may have nights you just you probably go to sleep and sleep two hours. Not, and I'm not advising or advocating for anyone to, to do that. Because I don't <laughs> think, yeah, it may, it may be like, it may be like one every no. week or so. I, I have like a night like that when I'm just really focused on something. I'm writing a proposal. I'm, I'm writing something. I, I need to get it out and I'll do that. Yeah. So I'm definitely not advocating it because I totally believe in making sure you have uh, a balanced uh, diet also making sure you can sleep and also I believe definitely in working out and having a clear mind because it really helps you to have that, that mindset. Whenever I work out in the morning, my days go by much smoother and that's like I can get more accomplished. I feel your pain. I, yeah. I, I, I probably have three or four nights a week that I'll go on like three or four hours of sleep a night yeah. and just, and just grind um, the rest of the time. Yeah. And that's, that's what it, that's what's required, right? If, oh, it is. If you want to realize you you dream. Absolutely. Um, so. Take advantage of those those hours sometimes, especially if you're under a tight deadline or something that you just really want to get out. Um, yeah. Sometimes you just have to go through that, and then you know the next day you figure out you know, figure out how you're gonna stay up, but you <laughs> you just you make it work. Lots of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Fan, what are you most grateful for right now? Uh, I'm grateful for my support system, honestly, my family and my friends and, and my extended family, which are, which are my close friends here in, in New York. Um, without my family and all my, without my friends, I don't think I would have gotten as far as I, I did uh, because mm-hmm. they really support me into the fact that always encouraging me and saying you can do it. Uh, if you need any help or any resources, I'm here to, to help you. And and I'm just really, really, really grateful for having having them around, honestly. Uh, for those times when I'm just I'm frustrated with something that, that didn't go well on a project or you know, or when I'm happy and I'm really happy about right. something that's going extremely well. They're they're there and say like let's let's have fun. Like let's celebrate this moment. We celebrate any achievements no matter how small they may be, at my friend circle and my, my family, whenever I go back home, we like to celebrate. And that's what we do. And that's one thing I, I pulled from my, my culture from being from Louisiana. We celebrate everything. We even celebrate <laughs> death. Like, I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever seen, like, a second-line funeral from, like, New Orleans or things like that, where people... It's I have not, great. no. It's, it's, it's a procession. So after the funeral, everyone walks in the street, and they have the, the casket and everything, and it, people are dancing. People listen to music. There's five bands, and it's a celebration of life. So I, I really think that pulling that over into where I'm now in New York City and having making sure my friend circle has that same type of feel, where we celebrate right. each other and we encourage each other, I think that... That that helps. That definitely, I'm definitely grateful for that. That's awesome, man. So, what can we look forward to? You know, with you, are there any any big dreams for like Brooklyn League? I mean, you've shared so much about kind of you know it getting off the ground right now, but like, what's your ten year vision for Brooklyn League? I I eventually want to um, have a brick and mortar. But I'm gonna have a physical location. Um, a Brooklyn League definitely starting off clearly in Brooklyn. Um, and I would love to see my brand Brooklyn league, um, in stores internationally. Nice. nice. So I, I really do see this being something that's a bit different from, again, from different from traditional e-commerce sites. 
because um, there is that offline component, and that's also there that philanthropic component. And I'd like to see that model um, recreated, and I would like to see Brooklyn League venture off into different cities and having the same model as well. Well, when you're ready to go international, you definitely need to connect with Tamika Montgomery from okay. episode. I did a interview with her on episode 27. In that episode, you know, she highlighted that 95% of the world's consumers are not in the United States. Yep. I, I, you know, I which agree. is pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty crazy statistic. But yeah, I, I'll definitely pair you with her and encourage you to listen to her episode. It's oh, great. I, I definitely will. Uh, before we wrap up here, uh, we we like to extract some resources from you. So I want to know, you know, what's one book that you've read in the past year that's inspired you most? I would say probably the first ninety days. It's a it's a really good book, and it's just talking about uh, and it helped me. And this is more like not so much on the entrepreneurial side, but it was it definitely helped me transition to. Uh, any new job that I start, um, and it basically talks about how you, and it helped me out a great deal for Prudential, so I work at Prudential as well. Um, it basically talks about your first 90 days and how you, you know, you, you figure out the culture, you figure out your, your, like their needs and how you can make that work and how you can set a plan um, with your boss and also people that you work with your peers to help you, honestly, help you succeed and help the company succeed within those first 90 days. So those are the most um, pivotal points if you're starting a new job in those first 90 days. So I would recommend that to anyone who's maybe starting a new job, and it definitely helped me. And that's probably the most recent thing because I recently, well, I started um, Prudential a year, a little over a year ago. So that definitely helped me transition over because previously that I was working in nonprofits. Right. So it's going from nonprofit to this huge corporate, you know, uh, mega financial institution. So it definitely helped me out. Who's the author of the first ninety days? Uh, it's Michael Watkins. For those listening, we'll be sure to post links to all these resources on our show notes page at tvpod.com. Fion, um, what's what's something small you've done this month that you're proud of? Well, I, I help one of my friends. So she has a company that she just started, and it's a, a branding, marketing, branding company. And I think we had we had a session where we both just kind of shared things that we're doing and we're working on right now. And I think just by having just offering an ear, and also being that I actually had at one point I, I had a media marketing firm similar to what she's doing now. And I think just mm-hmm. offering the advice and offering some of the knowledge that I have with her, uh, sharing with her on how to move about, how to figure out your, your, your price and quotes and things like that, your fees. So I think just working with my friend, like someone who I really care about um, and trying to see her succeed. Right. That's awesome. That's, we need more of that, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. So you, you touched on a couple apps before, but uh, I'd love you to name an online resource. It could be an app, software, or tool that you use every day that you can't live without. I would say probably Google Calendar. <laughs> that's probably like something I need every day. I look at my agenda and I schedule every day. That's something. But aside from that, I mentioned a little bit earlier um, Trello. 
Trello. That yeah, that's good because it also has the functionality where I can um, bring in other people into my cards, and so you create these different cards, and it can be different right. tasks, and you can have different lists of like to do or or it's done or, or completed already, and you can bring someone else into that, and they can like. Um, be assigned to a certain task and they can like move things around and say like, I'm in the beginning stage or in the middle stage or I'm completed with this task. So I think that's good. It's good for collaborating with other people. And it's also good mm. for me for making sure I have my to-do list and what, um, and also it kind of works with my uh, calendar as well. So Great. I use that pretty, pretty often. It's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that resource or no resources. <laughs> so, Theon, you do a ton of volunteer work. And before we wrapped up, you know, you, you touched on the fact that, you know, you give back to to uh, young men of color. Yes. And I, I wanted to, to ask you, you know, why why volunteering is important to you and why why are you at 30 years old so focused on giving back of your time, talents and treasures? It's important to me because I, I see the need. I, especially within within the black community, I see, and that and that's mostly I work with the people of color uh, as far as like like my volunteerism or my mentoring. I see there's a great need for that. There's a great need for males to step up and be present in some of these in these young males adult uh, lives. So I see the need, and I also see what how it can affect uh, a young man or a young woman when they have someone in their life who, aside from their family, aside from their mom and their dad, someone else who has their back, who, who's there for them, they can listen to anything they have to say, and just be there. Because a lot of times, uh, these young men and women, that's all they need. They just need someone who's not their family to hear them out that's an adult. So I can I, I see the change. And I, I'm a mentor, and I'm also a junior board member for Eagle Academy, uh, which right. is an all-male school based in New York City. So we have uh, schools pretty much in every borough in New York City, and we also have it in Newark. And majority of the students are young men of color, and these students are brilliant. Talking to them, and it, it's just like they're far beyond their years, but sometimes they just need that extra guidance, and they need right. that. Sometimes they need that tough love, and that's one of the things I really love about the school. The the, the professors there, they they have tough love, but the students are very disciplined, very very smart. Um, there was a hundred percent graduation rate, and also college acceptance. Wow. the past, I think, two years, I believe it was. A hundred percent college acceptance. Yes. Wow. So, and and aside from, you know, education, the education room of it, they're also amazing athletes as well. They're getting scholarships to great schools, um, and we're winning championships games and things like that. And it's, it's, just, it's just awesome. It's awesome to see these, these young men happy about school, you know. They're excited. They, they, come, they come to school on the weekend, during the weekends, um, over the summer, and they are just – excited to be there and I'm excited and, and the rest of the, the mentors that we have and, and the G board members, we're excited to be there with them as well and seeing them progress and, and helping them out. Um, I think that's what it's all about is building community because these, these young men and women will be the future and Man. we want a great future. You know, we want to see how we want to have a great future. Um, so I think by giving my time, it, that that helps out so much. And also, when I was younger, I was very much involved in so many different organizations. My parents put me in 
so many different things. I was in 100 Black Men Golf Association. There was I like a boule where I was with Alpha Phi Alpha. So it was like kind of like an enrichment program. So all these things help mold Fayon, who I am to today. So I feel like I need to give back what I received. That's awesome, man. So, you know, before we wrap up, I, I just want to, you've been doing so much of this, but I want to invite you to, to take the last couple of minutes, impart an inspiring message that can help our listener to elevate their game and blaze their trail. I would say, so it's a, it's a two-part thing. I would definitely say to just go for it. Just do it. I, I know I've said this several times throughout this, but that is my mantra now. That is what I live by. Just do it. If you have an idea, if you have something that you're working on, go for it. And and with that, also making sure to cut out negativity. Cut out if there are people who are negative in your life, cut them out. And I, I'm I'm very a strong believer in that because that will sometimes be your downfall from being the next you know mega entrepreneur with a, with a great idea that's doing very well. Um, so I would say cut out negativity out of your life, and that can be a person, that can be anything that's that's negatively impacting you. Uh, it can be your community. It can be your neighbor, like anything like that nature, cut it out because it will definitely fester and it will manifest and not become, it will not help you out. And also going back to it, just doing it, taking your dreams to the next level, research, find people who know more than you and making sure that they're in your circle, making sure that these people are are surrounding you and also uh, putting back into you this, this, this knowledge that they have. And I think with those things and also just perseverance, I think you'll, I think you'll do well. I think you will you know, get to a point to where you understand and then you can become that person to also help somebody else out in the future if they're going through something that you went through in the past. Man, good, great advice, man. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by your story. I appreciate and thank you for, you know, being a part of the Trailblazers podcast. You're now part of the family. Thank and, you. you know, I appreciate you being bold to, to step up to, you know, today and, and be honest and transparent and kind of help provide some knowledge and resources for our community. And I, for me, uh, more than anything, you know, reading your story really inspired me to, to give back even more than I'm able to right now to um, find ways to, to build in philanthropy into what I am, I'm, I'm looking ahead um, at building within the Trailblazers um, structure itself. So, right. I, thank, thank you for that. I mean, I wanted to say this. I mean, a lot of people think when they hear philanthropy, they will have to be a millionaire wealthy, or have to right. be a wealthy person to do that. No, that I mean, you can you can give just your time. You can volunteer. Right. You can be a mentor. There's so many different uh, avenues of giving back uh, to different communities, uh, and you have to find what's best for you. And and that may right. take research, and it may take some time talking to other people who may um, volunteer or do different things. But find what works for you and do that. Don't do what everyone right. else is doing because you know that you won't be you won't probably be as fulfilled. But if you do something right. or and actually give to a, a cause that you really want or you really sorry you really believe in, then you will be fulfilled. No, I, and that's a great point. I mean, you 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 can choose to give a little. You can choose to give, and and. I think giving your time has tremendous impact in some cases more than you giving a small sum of money. Oh, yeah. I, the money is absolutely important, right? But, you know, giving your time to some of the the causes you've mentioned, you know, tonight. I mean, FaceTime with, with kids and, you know, having that impact 
uh, mentoring, you know, our youth uh, has has so much more power in in the long term than you know you kind of just donating, you know, um, a, a couple dollars here or there. Right, and and it makes you become. I mean, an all-around better person. It, it really does. You you know, you Absolutely. get to learn how to communicate and also work with people that may not be exactly like you, you know. Right. And that's, I think that's key, especially if you're starting a, a business. You have to be able to communicate well, and you have to, you have to be able to meet people who aren't like you. So to get your business off the ground or to even, like, sell your product or anything, you have to be personable. And I think... You can definitely gain that skill through volunteering, um, and and I mean, because you sometimes you you have to step out your comfort zone, and that makes you grow right there. Just stepping out something that's not maybe so familiar to you, but you know the impact it's going to have, and then you learn from the person just as well as they may learn from you as well. Right, right. Fion, before we let you go, please tell us how we can stay connected to you and your platform, and learn more about Brooklyn League, and we'll go ahead and finish up for today. Definitely. So you can find me on social media, on uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's at Fayon. Um, so it's at uh, P-H-A-O-N. Um, you can also follow the brand on Twitter and Instagram it's, and Facebook. It's Brooklyn League all together. And for Luxurious Prototype, we're on um, all platforms as well. And it's Lux Prototype. And again, I'll be sure to post all the tags, all the, the, the handles for all the social links and his website on our show notes page at tvpod.com. Fian, thank you so much, man. I really, really appreciate you being on the podcast and we're excited for you and we wish you the best with, with the launch of Brooklyn League. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, this has been very, very, very good. and I really thank you for reaching out. Thank you so much for this opportunity. You're welcome, man. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of Fionn's book recommendations and resources mentioned in today's episode on our show notes page. And that's found at tbpod.com. Listen, if today was your first time listening to the podcast, I just want to say welcome. We are so happy to have you here and we encourage you to hit that subscribe button on your app. Then go back and browse through some of the past episodes. Some really amazing folks have spread some knowledge and wisdom on us in the past few weeks. And I don't want you to miss out on that. If you're a fan of the podcast, if you've been listening for a while, you enjoy today's content and our content week over week, I would so appreciate you leaving us a review on iTunes if you've not yet had a chance to do so. It's really easy and it would help us tremendously to get the podcast in front of more listeners. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are pushed out each and every Monday morning at 5 a.m. So trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers. Cheers.